morning, everybody. Glad to have everybody here today. If you're visiting with us, we are honored to have you as our guest. So thank you for being here. Uh, I want to thank Mike Coghill for filling in for me last week. Mike did a great job of preaching last week. Really appreciate him. And I wanted to thank the elders as well for letting me have last week off so I could tend to Deborah. Uh, and a big thank you to Lake Homa, to each of you for your gracious care of Deborah and I during this uh, time of illness or whatever you want to call that. Deb's pathology report came back clear. So there is no cancer in the lymph nodes nor in the margins of the tumor that they took out. And so that is a great blessing for us and a huge weight of, off our shoulders. And so we praise God for that. And we just thank you for your prayers. We thank you for the way that you have cared for us. Uh, you guys are awesome. And not only for us, but for anybody who, in need, who are in need. And that's what I love about you as a congregation, as a church, and as a family. We take care of each other. And so thank you, thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts, and thank you for doing that. I love digging. Now, not digging in the dirt. That's not my funnest thing at all. I don't like that. But I like digging into God's Word. I, I love just the discovery process, the insight gained in preparation for each week's lesson. And from the feedback on our topic of the Spirit, uh, most of you also would like to gain more understanding about the Spirit's work and what we do. I don't, I don't know if any of us has fully grasped or fully understand what the Spirit is or understand it. The reason that I think we're going to continue this journey for a little while is because we still have limited knowledge and we still have uh, understanding to to actually gain on the work of the Spirit. Now, is there anybody in here that does fully grasp it? Because if you do, you can come up here and sit here. Because that would be awesome. I'd just sit there and learn from you. And so, I, I think this is uh, where we're going to be. So, if you allow me, I want to just forge ahead. I want to forge ahead in our study of the Spirit right now. We're setting this, the Spirit from Jesus' perspective. From His perspective what he taught his disciples, and what he can teach us about the Spirit's presence in our own lives. So, I want to dig, hoping to discover, hoping to find new insights that will bring us into a deeper understanding of the gift, this gift which each of us have been given, who have called upon the name of the Lord, who have been baptized and received this gift of the Spirit which He has given us. So let's continue our search. Now, my teacher, I have a teacher that I call my forensic theologian. That's the title I give him. And he reminds me over and over, I meet with him every week, that when one begins to study, to study a passage of Scripture, one needs to read the chapter before the chapter of that selected text, and also the chapter after that. And so, if you will remember, two weeks ago, we were in John chapter 3 talking about Nicodemus. And since I was listening to my teacher, I read all of chapter 2, all of chapter 3, and all of chapter 4. And I found some things in there that I had never seen before that I think are really relevant in our study of the Spirit. And this is right in line with our goal, right in line with our goal of understanding the Spirit through the eyes of Jesus. And here's where I'm going to go today, and you're going to get tired of me saying this phrase. 
You will. But I hope, I hope it will be ingrained in your minds after we get through with this lesson today. And here it is. It's on the screen. The words spoken by God are the words spoken by Jesus and the words the Spirit lays upon our hearts. And we can be sure to this. We can be assured of these words that are spoken by God, spoken by Jesus, and given to the spirits. They are not going to contradict each other. And you may say, well, James, why is that so important? Well, because Christians often use the Spirit to, to actually say, I have a new revelation from God. And many times those words contradict what God or Jesus actually said. And you hear, you hear phrases like this, well, the Spirit told me, or the Spirit revealed to me, or I have this new revelation from God, and Christianity is filled with people and with churches built on a word that they received from the Spirit for which God or Je nor Jesus ever spoke. He never said those words. And I want to put this falsehood to bed today as we gain a fuller understanding of the Spirit's purpose. And before we begin, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. God, we come before you this morning, and I thank you so much for your graciousness, for your love, for your kindness, for your mercy, for your steadfast love, for your justice. Lord, I thank you for hearing our prayers, and I thank you for this gift that you have given us, the Spirit which lives in us and dwells within us. And I pray that you will give that to us in increasing measure and help us to understand the work that you, Jesus, and the Spirit are doing in our hearts and in our lives. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And help us as we study. Help us as we wrap our heads around the Spirit and give us that understanding. It's in your Son's name that we pray. Amen. Okay, so we're going to begin in John chapter 3, at the end of John chapter 3. And as again, I said, I'm going to hammer this phrase into your head. The words spoken by God or the words spoken by Jesus. And the words the Spirit lays upon our hearts. This lesson, this lesson is born out of a passage of Scripture that I read at the end of John chapter 3, where we were two weeks ago. And because I read it in preparation for that lesson, I was like, wow, I need to, we need to preach, I need to teach about this. So here it is. Here's a passage. And this one Jackson read, and Jackson got the message, our shirts are almost identical. It was awesome. All right, so here, he who comes from above is above all. Is above, listen, you get it? He who comes from above is above all. Get that, get that in your head. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. That would be us. Okay? He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and what he has heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, God is true. Why? Because he, Jesus saw him and heard him. 
For he whom God has sent, Jesus is who we're talking about, for he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. Okay, now, so let's, let's recall, let's recall, if you don't mind, some truths about Jesus that we talked about. Jesus is a cornerstone. He's the foundation which holds up all the walls of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And He is above all. He's above all. He bears witness to what He has seen and what He has heard, what he has heard and we know that His testimony, His testimony, what He says, is true. And remember what I've said many times, that Jesus' words are weighted. They're weighted. This is what John was telling us in that passage right there that we just read. Jesus utters the words of God, what He has seen, what He has heard. They are weighted also because God His Father weighted Jesus' words. When He said this in Matthew chapter 17, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased, listen to him. No one else. No one else in the Bible is given such affirmation. No one else is transfigured and given such adornment as Jesus, the Son of God. No one else can say of themselves like Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And you may think, you may think this is silly, this is trivial, and I'm going overboard, but brothers and sisters, I believe understanding this concept that we're talking about today has eternal consequences. Eternal consequences. I've mentioned this book before. The book is called The History of the Churches of Christ in Oklahoma. To me, it was a very disturbing book. Our history is a tradition which began as a unity movement, bringing people from all faiths together as one. It didn't last long. It didn't last long. And like the Pharisees of old, we have often broken the commands of God for the sake of our traditions. And how did this happen? I mean, really, how does this happen? We divided over that which Jesus never commanded, nor did he ever institute. John says of Jesus, this is what John says of Jesus. He comes, he who comes is from above and he is above all. Above all. He is above the prophets, he is above the apostles, he is above the disciples. This is not an even playing field. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. He is over all, in all, and through all, and He speaks the very words of His fathers. Now, I, w- I think that this is probably going to be a little challenging today. And I'll tell you the reason I think it's going to be challenging because this is a concept. But it's a tool, it's a tool that we're going to need in order if we're going to grasp the Spirit. As we continue down this path of understanding the Spirit, I'm trying to provide these tools so that we can seek, so that we can dig, so that we can find Him and do that in a better way. This passage is here in John chapter 3 at the end of that for a reason. And let me remind you again, let me remind you again of the direction I'm headed. The words spoken by God 
are the words spoken by Jesus. And the words of the Spirit lays upon our heart. So, listen to how Jesus actually framed this, this saying that you see on the screen. Just, just listen to how Jesus says this. These are His words, using His, John chapter 12, verse 47 through 50. If anyone, Jesus speaking, if anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I didn't come to judge the world, but to save the world. Verse 48. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word, Jesus speaking, the word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. Okay, here's a question. Here's a question I have for everybody. Who did God send to this earth to save mankind? Anybody? Jesus. Okay, it wasn't, it wasn't a hard question, but it was a question. Jesus, right? And Jesus is tasked with what while he's here on this earth? He's tasked with uttering the very words of his Father. The Father gave words to the Son to speak. They are not his own words, but those given to him by his Father. And you may say, James, 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 you're belaboring this point. Yes, yes, I am. And I'm happy about it too. Because here's the reason. I want us to connect the dots. I, I want us to put all the puzzle pieces together. I want us to capture the concept of the Spirit in living color. And it begins with the words of Jesus, their importance, their authority, their significance, their power. The words of Jesus are true because they are words from His Father. And I'm thankful we can all agree on that point. So the words of Jesus are the words of fathers. None of His words, listen, none of His words coming out of His mouth are different than the Father's words. None of them. None of them. And remember the point I'm trying to build. The words spoken by God are the words spoken by Jesus and the words the Spirit lays upon our hearts. God, Jesus, and the Spirit are what? One. They're one. They do not contradict each other. They're all on the same page. Okay, if you got your Bibles, I'd like you to do this. I'd like you to turn to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Now, some of these, this will be on the screen, but I really want you to kind of, because you're going to look ahead and you're going to look behind, and so I'd love for you to just look at your Bible in this. And, uh, and the reason you may say, why are we going to Revelation to talk about the Spirit? Does it, does it even have anything to say about the Spirit? And the answer is, yes, a lot. A lot. And remember, we're not changing authors here. Remember that who, who we're studying right now in John the same author is in Revelation. John the Apostle wrote them or penned them both. So we're not changing authors here. John is giving us more tools for his belt. And again, my goal, my goal, for which you're going to get tired of me saying, but I'm going to say it again. 
The words spoken by God are the words spoken by Jesus. And the words the Spirit lays upon our hearts, they're one. All right, here's what I need. This is what I need to do first before we actually get into Revelation. At least this is what I think we need to do in our mind. We need to acknowledge, all of us need to acknowledge, and we need to confess the preeminence of Jesus Christ. The preeminence of Jesus Christ. The preeminence of His words, the preeminence that He is my Savior, the preeminence that He is my Lord. I need to, we need to understand and say He is above all. So He is preeminent in everything. Now, let's read about Jesus in this passage. We're going to start, this is going to be on the screen, verse 10, drop to 12 and verse 18. I, John, John the Apostle speaking, it's him seeing this. I, John, was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of all these lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand, he had seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not. I am the first and the last, the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Who are we talking about here? Jesus. Jesus Christ, the one who died and the one who is now living, the one who is the first and the last, has always been and will always be. So we're talking about Jesus. He's the Son of God. He's the Messiah. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. First and last, the living one, the resurrected Jesus. And remember, this letter, this letter is written to the seven churches of Asia. Seven churches of Asia. And Jesus has a word for these seven churches. And this word was given to Jesus by God to speak to these seven churches. And these are red-letter words. So they are weighted. They're weighted. And here are a couple of questions I want us to wrestle with. You may think this silly, but who is talking to the seven churches? And to whom are they to listen? And our first response, well, well, Jesus, of course. He's the one doing the talking. I mean, that's, and we're supposed to listen to him. Isn't that what God said about his son? Listen to his son? Okay, I'm going to ask that question again. Very important. The question is, we want to wrestle with, who is talking in these seven churches, and to whom are they supposed to listen? All right, let's go to Ephesus, let's go to Ephesians, and let's look at Ephesus, the church there, and let's see how this begins. Chapter 2, verse 1. Here it is. 
to the angel of the church in Ephesus write, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks among the seven golden lampstands. All right, so this is who's talking. We're not going to read the rest of it, but that's who's talking. So who's talking here? Who is it? It's Jesus, right? It's not a trick question. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. He's the one talking. He's the one speaking. He's the one giving the instruction to the Ephesians. But how does the letter end? How does it end? What does it say? Look at verse 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the what? Spirit says, but I thought Jesus was talking. I mean, who's talking here then? And, and who's saying what? And who, who are we supposed to listen to? Well, all right, so maybe, maybe this is just a fluke. Maybe this, is, this isn't like all the rest of the letters. So let's look at the next letter. Let's look at Smyrna, okay? So let's look at Smyrna real quick. All right, here we go. Revelation 2, verse 8. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. Who's speaking here? Jesus, right? Jesus. Jesus is speaking. Do you see a pattern occurring here? Okay, so look at verse, look at verse 11. He who has an ear, let him hear what the, what the Spirit says to the churches. I see a pattern. Every letter. Every letter to the seven churches of Asia begins and ends with the same way. It begins with the king of kings and ends with the request to listen to what the Spirit has to say. So, are the letters from Jesus or are they from the Spirit? Yes. That's right. Yes. They're one and the same. They're from the same person. They're from the one God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Okay, so, and let me, let me give this again. Here we go. The words spoken by God are the words spoken by Jesus, and the words the Spirit lays upon our heart. Okay, I need a couple of volunteers for this. I got a chair up here. You knew there was something coming. Okay, Glenn, I need you. John, I need you. Willie, I need you. Just sit here, Miss Bolden. Right here, Glenn, back here. Willie, you can be the right. John, good go, come on, come on. You're right here, just right there, right here. No, you're good. No, no, stand. Just look at Shelby right here. I need you right here. Okay, when I think of, Shelby is going to represent all of us. Okay, she's going to be us. And this is, when I, when I look at the Spirit, when I look at God, when I see Him, a lot of times, everybody put your just one hand on Shelby's shoulder. This is how we often see God in our minds, that I have the Holy Spirit, I have Jesus, and I have God that are in my life, okay? But I want you to understand something. Okay, Glenn, I need you to leave both your hands there. John, I need you to put one of your hands on Glenn's shoulder. Willie, on Glenn's shoulder. Yeah, and then right there, okay? Now, you see the connection? Because I think many times what we do is we, like I said before, we trifurcate. We actually 
take God over here, we take Jesus over here, and we take the Spirit over here, and we try to figure this out in our own lives. And what Revelation is telling us there is that there is a oneness that happens in our lives. This gift that we have inside of us is not something that is just, it is God Himself. It is the presence of the Holy inside of us. This is what I see as the source within us. This is the source. It's not just the Holy Spirit. It's not just Jesus. It is the source of the Holy that is represented in each of us, and they're all one. They're all one. Thank you very much. You guys can sit down. Appreciate it very much. And remember what Jesus says. This is John 12, verse 49. The Father who sent me has himself given me a word, what to say and what to speak. And does this apply to the Spirit? Does this apply to the Spirit? When we separate those sources within us, when we separate them, the power within us, and trifurcate, like I said, the essence of the holy, in many ways that's what we've exactly done all of our lives. We don't see this, this, this holiness of God within inside of us. We don't understand this holiness that is within us. And we wouldn't have just put them in different boxes. Well, Jesus never said this, and God never said that, so I can do whatever I want to do if they don't say, we can't do that. We can't do that. Because the words spoken by God are the words spoken by Jesus and the words that he lays upon this spirit's heart. Now listen, here's, remember the scripture we've, we've read every single week that we've been doing this. Romans chapter 8, verses 9 and 10. Here it is. You, Christians, brothers and sisters, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, Spirit of God, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. This passage is the source within each and every one of us. There's a phrase that my forensic theologian teacher told me and kept repeating and kept repeating it so much that it's actually written in the front of my Bible. And it's this, and I'm not, I don't put it on the screen. There is a God, and He has spoken. And what he has said has been carefully, accurately, and faithfully written down for all mankind. And we will be held accountable and responsible to the one who is, who was, and is to come. And that's in my Bible. Church family, we've received a gift. All of us have received a gift which has taken up residence in us. The presence of the Holy dwells in us. The Spirit, the one who is our helper, the one who actually convicts us when we sin, and we feel that. We feel that. And listen, He brings to our remembrance, the Spirit brings to our remembrance the words that Jesus has spoken and God has spoken. Look at this passage. John 6, verse 63, so important. 
Well, let me go to 14 first, so I'll get to 16 in just a minute. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, listen to what the Spirit does, he will teach you all things and do what? Bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. What he is, what the Spirit does is he brings to our remembrance the words that have already been spoken. Okay, so how many times, how many times, how many times have you felt the Spirit's presence in your life? How many times has that Spirit comforted your soul? Or convicted your heart of sin. And by revealing a word to you that was spoken by Jesus. Or spoken by God. The Spirit of God will bring to our remembrance the words of God. The words of Jesus. Those he have, he has al- that have already been spoken. There is not any additional revelation. There's no additional revelation. Our God has spoken. Revelation is the final, that that book was the final word of God. It lives in Scripture. It lives in His words that He has spoken to us. And that word has been carefully and accurately and faithfully written down so that we will be held accountable for what He said. You may say, James, wait, wait, wait. I've never heard, I've never felt the prompting of the Spirit in my life. I've never felt it at night. I haven't felt it. And I've never been reminded of a word spoken to me in my turmoil or in my distress. I've never encountered his presence. Can I give you a reason for that? And there's many reasons, but let me give you one. The Spirit works with that which occupies our heart, soul, in mind. How many of you know the computer language the phrase G-I-G-O? Anybody? G-I-G-O. What does it stand for? Garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, garbage out. That which we put in our minds is that which comes out of our minds. The Spirit works with that which occupies our heart, our soul, and our mind. Listen to these words from Proverbs chapter 4. Listen to these. My son... Be attentive to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life. Who is life? God is life. Who is life? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus. And who else is life? The other person's life is a spirit. Look at this passage in John 6, verse 63. It is a spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. Listen here. The words that I have spoken, Jesus is saying, are spirit and life. The words spoken by God are the words spoken by Jesus and the words the Spirit lays upon our hearts. Now now we have context to really look at this proverb and read the whole thing. So I'm going to start over at the beginning. Here we go. Listen to this. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them. 
and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put divisive talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Okay, so what if? What if, as we close today, what if we all had a correct view of the Holy Spirit in our lives? What if our hearts, souls, and minds were all attuned to the Spirit's promptings, the words that He's laying upon our hearts, spoken by the Father, by Jesus Christ, the Savior? And what if we listened? What if we actually listened to those words and actually obeyed them? Would it change our lives? Would it calm our fears? Would it ease our anxiety? Would it comfort our loss? And would it convict our souls? Yes. Yes, it would. So I pray today, I pray today that the Word of God convicts your souls. I pray that He will convict it through the working of the Holy Spirit which is in you. Is not this the power of the Spirit which is in every single one of us that has been given to us as a gift that we have received? Absolutely. That's the power within us that we're going to talk more about in the coming weeks. I love you, Lakeoma. May God bless you and be with you. And may His Spirit be with you. And remember our phrase as we end. Abide in Him as He abides in you. Let's stand and sing.